Today is Wednesday, November 15th, 2023, and this is a Daily Inc. update. Well, this time around, there was no vandalism or spray painting or screaming, yelling or attempts to climb or tear down the White House fencing. Supporters of Israel were in Washington, D.C. on Tuesday to show their support for the country, which is undergoing a conflict with Hamas terrorists right now. House Speaker Mike Johnson and Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer were in attendance of this event. Over the weekend, those who were promoting Hamas and Palestinians were also in the national capital by the thousands. The city was left the worst for wear after that event. The U.S. House has passed a stopgap measure offered by House Speaker Mike Johnson that would avoid a government shutdown and push the budget negotiations past the Christmas holidays and into two different steps. There would be a deadline in January, then a deadline for the remaining bills in February. The stopgap bills will keep funding of government programs at current levels until a new budget is negotiated. Johnson's plan averts the use of the omnibus voting process where all 12 spending budgets are passed with one single vote. Conservative Republicans are fiercely opposed to ever voting on an omnibus bill ever again. They want to return to voting on the 12 funding bills individually by the deadline of September 30th. A Texas bishop within the Catholic Church is responding to being removed from his post by Pope Francis. Bishop Joseph Strickland was removed from his position at the diocese in Tyler, Texas. Bishop Strickland has been a very outspoken conservative, and he says the move from Pope Francis is due to greater powers controlling him. And he spoke about it with LifeSite News. Forces in the church right now uh, don't want the truth of the gospel. They want it changed. They want it ignored. They want to be rid of the truth that is gloriously not going to go away. Here is part three of a video put out by independent journalist Michael Schellenberger regarding the House Judiciary Committee report on the weaponization of government. Schellenberger has been breaking down a video put out by Stanford University regarding research that they were asked to do, utilizing college students, by the way, by the Department of Homeland Security, and how all of this partnership was really a front for the government to get people censored without them knowing it was the government doing it. The federal government was building relationships with tech platforms, but there's a healthy distrust both ways for a good reason. So a trusted nonpartisan partnership with expertise in the way that misinformation moved on public platforms, with analysts capable of understanding public conversations and a broad ability to explore publicly available data was needed. She just described the censorship industrial complex. That is the censorship industrial complex. She's saying we need organizations that are, that are supposedly nonpartisan, objective, ex- full of experts who can evaluate what people are saying on different social media platforms, involve the government, and then demand censorship. That's what she's saying here. One of their responses to our reporting on them is to say that, hey, we weren't doing any censorship. We were just doing research. But the research was all in service of demanding the censorship by the social media platforms of these disfavored voices and disfavored posts relating to disfavored narratives, like namely vaccine hesitancy or election skepticism. So in response, SIO began to envision infrastructure capable of real-time observation and reporting on election-related misinformation. SIO is the Stanford Internet Observatory. So what she's saying is, so SIO started to envision this way to report in real time on what people are saying in social media platforms so that we can censor them. That's what she's saying right here, right now. And she's doing it in a way that I think is very sophisticated. It's designed to make you comfortable 
with this kind of surveillance of political speech in the United States. Earlier this year, Schellenberger, along with other independent journalists like Matt Taibbi and Barry Weiss, were all given access to the Twitter files in order to expose what happened there in that particular social media platform. That was all done at the behest of Elon Musk when he took over Twitter, which is now referred to as X. Good news over in the country of Finland for a woman who was charged under the Finnish criminal code for posting a Bible verse to her social media account. The Helsinki Court of Appeals dismissed all the charges against Pavi Razanan, in which they accused her of using the Bible verse to agitate a minority group. Razanan posted a verse in 2019 and asked why her church was sponsoring a gay pride parade in light of God's design for marriage to be between a man and a woman. The attorney for Alliance Defending Freedom was part of Razanan's legal team, Attorney Paul Coleman says that the prosecuting side's questioning of Razanan bore the resemblance of a heresy trial from the Middle Ages, where the prosecutors sought to get the woman to recant and imply that she was blaspheming the majority orthodoxy of the day. ADF President Kristen Wagner says what happened to the woman should never happen in a free society and that the victory for Razanan should resonate globally. These national story updates have been brought to you by Open Inc., a website that is a repository of documents for those who like deep digging, critical thinking, and true journalism, where the facts speak for themselves. Up next, a preview of what is coming and what is available on the Open Inc. website. Well, some disturbing details are now coming out about the recent arrest of a person connected to the January 6th events in D.C., and that arrest was conducted by the FBI. The man wanted by the FBI is Gregory Yetman, and he lives in the state of New Jersey. The FBI practically launched a battalion uh, to find Yetman at his home. He ended up running away, and a manhunt ensued. The brother to Gregory Yetman is named Todd, and he spoke with Julie Kelly, who's an investigative reporter, about the raid that occurred at the home that he shares with his brother. Todd first pointed out that the FBI had been staking out their house for three months before they decided to close in and arrest Yetman. When they did proceed with the raid, they terrified a woman who also lived there who thought that this was a home invasion. Todd says there were 30 agents on the property to seize one man. In the process, many things were broken, busted, and roughed up. The FBI also confiscated all of the guns and ammo belonging to Todd, not his brother, but to Todd. Todd says that once the FBI demanded that he give them access to their gun safe or they break in, he started to confront them and ask them why they won't go after people like Hunter Biden or Antifa. As a result, apparently the FBI told Todd he was being rude. It's really not a moment too soon that Dinesh D'Souza has released another documentary titled Police State. That film chronicles the various Americans who have been roughed up and had their civil rights violated by the FBI and other government forces. If you remember, D'Souza also produced 2000 Mules with Catherine Engelbrecht and Greg Phillips regarding the 2020 election and the state of Georgia. Also regarding the state of Georgia, the election of 2020, and the tactics of the FBI, one of the defendants in the case that's being issued against Trump by the Fulton County District Attorney is Harrison Floyd. Floyd was the only defendant in this case who was not offered bond when he showed up in Fulton County to be booked regarding the charges coming from D.A. Fannie Willis. Floyd is also a black man who ran the Black Voices for Trump campaign in Georgia. He spent six days and six nights in the Fulton County Jail before he was finally released, and he explained to Alan West just this past Tuesday night on the Alan West podcast why he was denied bail. 
April, uh, or I'm sorry, February of this year, the FBI came to my house or my apartment. They uh, trespassed, they accosted my daughter and I, and I called the police on them. They uh, tried to flip the story around and say that uh, I assaulted them by bumping them with my chest and jabbing them in the face and uh, spitting on them. And I think in the news, some some people have said that I body slammed one of the FBI agents. Um, long story short, uh, I got hit with a simple misdemeanor that is, is still outstanding now, still hasn't gone anywhere. And I think it was a whole part of this whole scenario um, because they were trying to serve me a subpoena from Jack Smith with uh, Ruby Freeman. And when I got down there, I quickly realized that they had a different plan for me. They tried to prevent me from actually turning myself in. Um, and then when I finally got into uh, the, the county jail, um, I, I realized they were treating me a lot different than Mark Meadows and some others. Um, I ended up spending the night there. And then the next morning, um, contrary to what a lot of news reports have been saying, the judge, Emily Richardson, denied me bail on the basis of saying that I was a flight risk. Um, she said, because I had this simple, this outstanding simple misdemeanor that I was a flight risk, which I couldn't understand because, you know, President Trump and other other co-defendants have multiple felonies, quite frankly, and multiple jurisdictions that are still outstanding. I have one that's a simple misdemeanor, right, with no prior criminal record. And I was called a flight risk and uh, a detained for six days. Floyd also explained why the FBI had come to his home in Maryland in the first place. So actually, sir, it was not in regards to January 6th. It was in regard to Ruby Freeman. Um, a few months prior, District Attorney Willis tried to subpoena me before the grand jury down there in Georgia, but she couldn't uh, serve me because I'm not a resident of Georgia and I'm outside of her jurisdiction. So what happened a couple months later? Oh, the Fed, the FBI shows up with a subpoena um through jack smith to try to get you know any information try to get me to talk um to try to figure out what happened and you know this is again me opining but to pass information along uh to district attorney willis so she could continue with her charade uh down there in georgia so it's just the government i mean it's it's this case my case literally puts on full display the weaponization of the government and how um, through these different cases, they have been working together with the FBI, different agencies, and subverting people's constitutional rights and, uh, quite frankly, weaponizing the government to be able to do things that they can't do. Also of importance is what Floyd revealed about the 2020 Georgia election. He apparently has some audio and video that was taken that involves Ruby Freeman, although he did not use that name specifically. He has posted the videos of Ruby Freeman on his Twitter account. And he told Alan West in this podcast that there's some information that's going to come out that's going to make the Georgia state leaders not happy at all. What's next for Harrison Floyd going forward? We're going on offense. We're about to light them up. We're going to uh, show the truth. We're going to we're going to be honest. Uh, we're going to share the truth and we're going to uncover evidence. And there's going to be some very surprising and shocking things that are going to happen. There's going to be some very senior government officials uh, not only in the state of Georgia, but also in our Congress that are very likely looking at serious jail time. Um, some people committed perjury, some people committed treason. And um, it's 
the the most interesting uh part about all this for me is i think uh from working on the trump campaign and having to be creative in the way that we were engaging is now i get to use that creativity um against democrats in a very serious way that is seriously um going to have an impact on elections moving forward thanks for listening to this daily inc update I'm gonna go